Magic and the Law of Attraction with Madame Pamita, Episode 3. Hello everyone, I'm your host Madame Pamita and you're listening to Magic and the Law of Attraction, the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Welcome to episode three of the podcast. Three is magic number. Ah, I love both the Schoolhouse Rock version of that song and the De La Soul version. I'm such a nerd. Anyway, we're going to be learning about magic and how to use timings to help your spells and give them extra power. In today's episode, I'll be answering the question, what's the best day for making magic? And I'll be telling you three different ways to choose the timing of your spell. And at the end of the show, I'll teach you a spell that you can do to harness the energy of each day of the week. And I'll tell you how to get an amazing free giveaway. Yay! Who doesn't love free gifts? I know I do. So let's get started and jump right into it. So the focus of today's podcast is the timing of magic. I got a message from Sarah from Honolulu. She sent me a message asking me, I'm doing a come to me spell to get my lover to come toward me. What is the best day for me to start it? What a great question. Thank you, Sarah. As you start to do more and more magic for yourself, Choosing the timing of your spell is one of the things that my students get confused about, and I'm glad to be able to talk about that in this podcast. First of all, I'm going to break it down for you and give you the secret that most root workers and spellcasters won't tell you. If the spell is urgent and it's something that needs to happen right now, then do it right now. If you're doing a money spell to get the money to pay your rent, and your rent is due this week, there's no point in waiting three weeks till the phase of the moon is right. But if you have the luxury of choosing an ideal time to do root work, it can really, really help give your spell an extra dose of power. Working with timings is another way of working with the energies around you. You can use these timings to go with the flow, or if you need to do your spell right away, you can put some extra effort into it and push your work through despite any obstacles. I often tell my students that it's like rowing a boat on a river. There are timings that will make your spell work like rowing downstream with the current, super easy. And then there are timings that are like rowing upstream against the current. If I don't have a choice and I have to row my boat upstream right now, I can do it. But if I do have a choice, I'd rather let the river do most of the work and float downstream. So if you have a choice on the timing of when to do your spells, prayers, or intentional work, then I recommend choosing one or more of the timing methods I'm going to outline for you today. So here they are. Super awesome timing method number one. Days of the week. One of the most accessible and easy to get ways to work magical timings is to work with the days of the week. Working with the days of the week comes down to us through the hoodoo tradition, and it's one of the most no-nonsense ways to work a spell timing. All of us humans are already pre-wired to intuitively get the rhythm of the days of the week. Think about the stuff that we incorporate into our small talk about the days. 
And for those of us who work Monday through Friday, we might get a case of the Mondays, looking at that first day of the week back at a job we don't exactly love and seeing the long week stretching out before us and thinking, yuck. Or we might talk about Wednesday being hump day, getting us over the midweek into the downhill slope toward Friday. TGIF, thank God it's Friday, when we get to finish off the work week and enjoy our weekend of freedom. That traditional work week has a spiritual foundation. Many established religions have set aside a time for spiritual practice. Sunday for going to church, Friday night for temple, Friday for prayers at the mosque. That weekly rhythm has definitely added to our feelings about each of the seven days of the week. But all this idea of the seven days a week raises an interesting question. Why do we have seven days of the week? Why not 10 or five? To get the real spiritual significance of why we have a seven-day week and what each day really embodies, we have to get in our time machines and go way, way, way back to about 200 BCE. During this time, Alexandria in Egypt was the center of learning for scholars from all over the civilized world. Astrology was considered one of the sciences, and all the best astrologers, including Ptolemy, congregated in ancient Alexandria. Ptolemy and others took Egyptian and Babylonian astrology and developed a new kind of astrology called Hellenistic astrology. This system of astrology is the precursor for the astrological system that we use today. Like astrology today, the astrologer would look at the planets and interpret how their position influenced events or reflected the personality. When astrologers at that time constructed a chart, they were using the features in the night sky which had been identified up until that time, which were the Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Seven heavenly bodies. Now let's take our time machine forward 300 years or so to 1st century ACE Rome. The ancient Romans, as you might know, were great borrowers. When they saw something that they liked, they would just co-opt it and slap a new name on it. You know, like, hey, we like that Greek goddess Aphrodite. We'll take her and we'll add her to our pantheon and we'll just call her Venus. The Romans had an insatiable appetite for classical wisdom and learning. And during the centuries leading up to the first century, they adopted a lot of Hellenistic astrology. Then, when it came time to organize the calendar, they chose seven days because of the seven planets known in astrology and then named each day after a planet. We English speakers threw a monkey wrench into the works with some days named after the Anglo-Saxon, Germanic, and Norse gods. But if you speak French, Spanish, or Italian, you'll more closely be able to identify the day and the heavenly body and Greco-Roman deity connection. So let's look at the week. Sunday, of course, is named after the sun. Super easy, right? Monday, almost as easy, is named after the moon. Now we come to Tuesday. Tuesday is named after two. It's Tuesday. And two or Tyr is the Germanic god of war. In Roman mythology, Mars is the god of war. And Mars, the planet, is named after the god Mars. Wednesday is Woden's Day. Woden or Odin is the Norse god who corresponds to the Roman god Mercury, 
who is the guide of the souls in the afterlife, and is who the planet Mercury is named after. Thursday is Thor's day. Thor is the god of thunder and is a sky god. Jupiter is also a sky god and is who the planet Jupiter is named after. Friday comes from Frigg's day. Frigg is the goddess of love. And she is like Venus, who the planet of Venus is named after. Saturday is Saturn's day. Saturn's the god of time and structure. And, of course, is who the planet Saturn is named after. Now, if you're familiar with mythology or astrology, this list has already started to give you clues as to what kind of magical work is best for which days of the week. But I'll break it down here with each day of the week and what kind of spell it corresponds to. So Sunday corresponds to the planet of the sun. The star, really, not a planet. But for our purposes, a planet. And that corresponds to healing, blessing, general positive work, optimism, fame, and recognition. Monday corresponds to the moon. It is for women's concerns, childbirth, fertility work, psychic work, spiritual work, and marriage. Tuesday corresponds to Mars. And that is best for war work, enemy work, breakups, banishing, strength, and health. Wednesday corresponds to Mercury, and so it's best for communication, business, travel, negotiation, faster results, and gambling. Thursday corresponds to Jupiter, and that's good for power, wealth, success, money, business, and any work having to do with legal issues. Friday corresponds to Venus, and is good for love, sex, beauty, prosperity, business, admiration, and creativity. Saturday corresponds to Saturn, and is good for enemy work, binding, blocking, clarifying, creating structure, revenge, and justice work. So looking at these days of the week, if you wanted to do love work, working on a Friday would give extra power to that spell. Or if you were doing a blessing, then Sunday would give your spell a boost. So think about your spell and what category it would fall under, and then start that spell on the day that most closely corresponds to the purpose of that spell. All right, are you ready? Here's a super awesome timing method number two. Moon phases. A completely different way to work with spell timings is to coordinate them with the phases of the moon. Working magically along with the rhythms of the phases of the moon most definitely goes back to the most ancient prehistoric times. I mean, just think about it. If you were an ancient man or woman and you saw this mysterious and beautiful glowing orb up in the sky that got smaller and smaller each night until it disappeared completely and then got larger and larger until it was a beautiful silver glowing ball again. And you saw the sphere do its amazing journey of diminishing and rebirth on a regular basis. It would be magic. It is magic. I hope you look up at the moon in the sky with that same kind of wonder then the next time you see it. There are cave paintings that are tens of thousands of years old that depict the moon phases. 
So it's certain that ancient peoples who were so alert and aware to the energies around them were doing magic around these phases of the moon cycles. Like the days of the week, coordinating spell work around the moon phases has its own rhythm, but it's a little more evenly paced and slower. Each phase of the moon takes about 14 days, more or less. So there are opportunities to do spells over several days while tapping into a certain energy. Or you have a choice of any day to work with in the 14-day cycle to bring in the work that you want so it can be more convenient. We all know the full moon when the moon is a completely lit orb and the werewolves are out roaming the moors, so be careful about that. And we also know the opposite, the dark moon, which astrologers and astronomers call the new moon, when the moon isn't reflecting any light and it can't be seen. But between these two phases are two periods that are quite useful for the timing of magic, the waxing moon and the waning moon. The waning moon is the time when the moon appears to be growing smaller and smaller, from the full moon getting smaller and smaller until it's finally a dark moon. The waxing moon is the time when the moon appears to be growing larger and larger, from the dark moon growing and growing up to the full moon. The waning moon, when the moon appears to be shrinking in size, is the time to do spell work about clearing, removing, and banishing. For example, clearing out negativity and removing unhealthy patterns. The waxing moon, when the moon appears to be growing in size, is the time to do spell work about invocation, attraction, and bringing in. For example, attracting a lover or bringing in more abundance. Now, the great part of this rhythm of waning and waxing is that you can use both of them together quite powerfully for a single outcome. Let's say you want to bring in a new relationship. You could do a series of spiritual cleansing baths to harness the energy of the waning moon and clear out your old relationship baggage, and then light a candle during the waxing moon to attract a soulmate into your life. It's like out with the old and in with the new. Or if you wanted to attract more prosperity, you could start with lighting a candle spell during the waning moon to banish poverty and then do a spell to charge and empower a lodestone during the waxing moon to attract abundance. If you're wondering what the heck I'm talking about when I say lodestone spell, then you'll definitely want to check out next week's episode when I teach you all about these magically magnetic stones and how they can be used to attract good things into your life. But back to our work with the moon. Anyway, you can use the moon phases to empower your magic, or you can also use single moon events for intentional magic. On the night when the moon is dark, you can do spells of release, banishing, or clearing away negativity. On the very first days of the waxing crescent, when it's just a little fingernail sliver of a moon, and what we sometimes call the new moon in spiritual circles. This tiny sliver of a new moon, which appears right after the dark moon, is a time for attraction and growth spells. The full moon is the best time to do spells and prayers of gratitude and appreciation, and by doing that, create an invitation for future gifts to come. Okay, so now that you know how to work with the moon, let's talk about super awesome timing method number three, astrological phenomenon. 
Now, if you are a person who has dabbled in astrology, or if you're someone who's interested and would like to learn more about astrology, then you might want to add another timing to your bag of tricks. If you're super, super into astrology, you can, of course, map out a chart to find the most auspicious day and time to do a spell looking at all the planets. But you don't have to go that far into it to incorporate some powerful and potent energy to your rituals. By just looking up what sign the moon is in, you can have an extra layer of energy to work with. Every couple of days or so, the moon goes through a different sign of the zodiac. If you want to know what sign the moon is in right now, one of my favorite free resources are the moon calendars on a website called zodiacarts.com. By looking up the sign that the moon is in, you can select a day or time when you've got moon energy that is specifically customized to your intention and can give your spells an extra boost. For example, if you were wanting to do a spell for fame, then working with a Leo moon would add an extra, hey world, check me out, kind of energy to your spell. So now I've given you three ways that you can time your spells to maximize their success. There are, of course, many, many more. There's hours of the day, there's seasons, there's holidays, and so forth. But these are the ones that I've loved working with and have had the most spell success with over the years. So I'm passing them along to you. I know this is a lot of information that I've given you in this episode. So if you weren't able to write down all the correspondences, don't worry. My free gift to you for this podcast is a handy cheat sheet for all three spell timing methods. On it, I tell you the power days of the week for each kind of spell, moon phases and moon events, and how you can best use them for your magic. And I even break down what astrological signs are good for which kind of work, something that we really didn't have a chance to dive into in the podcast. And you can even check out my show notes for a link to that free handy online moon calendar at zodiacarts.com, which tells you the phases of the moon. So if you'd like this cheat sheet, all you have to do is go to magicandthelawofattraction.com, find episode three, and you can print out this sheet and have a handy reference guide for timing of spells. So for Sarah's question, what day is the best day to start a come-to-me spell to draw a lover closer? Well, Sarah, there's no one right answer. You have some choices, and I'll lay them all out for you. First, if you need to do the spell right now and can't wait for a more powerful timing, then do it right now. But if you can wait for a more auspicious timing, then you could start your spell on a Friday to maximize the love energy. Or you could do your spell during the waxing moon to give a boost to the attraction qualities of this spell. Or you could choose a moon in an astrological sign that emphasizes the subtle details of what you'd like in this relationship. For example, you might want to work during a Scorpio moon to highlight the sexiness and the passion of the relationship. Or you might want to work with a Libra moon if you want to cultivate harmony and balance between the two of you. Now, that being said, you can combine two or even three of these aspects together and give your spell an even bigger push forward. For example, if you had a Friday where the moon was waxing, you'd be doubling up on that power. And if you had a Friday during a waxing moon in the sign of Scorpio, trifecta! You don't need to have two or three layered effects for every single spell, but if it's possible and convenient, you might as well take advantage of that jet stream. So to sum it up, how do you choose a timing for a spell? 
Timing your spell to maximize the energy around it isn't a must, but if you can time your spell to harness some extra power, then by all means do it. You can choose the best day based on the days of the week, the phases of the moon, moon events, or certain astrological aspects, such as what sign the moon is in, to give your magical work an extra boost of power. You can also combine these aspects to give extra layers of positive energy to your magic. So now that you know how to work with timings to do the most effective magic, I'm going to give you the step-by-step instructions for a beautiful seven-day spell that you can do to manifest positive intentions in multiple areas of your life. For this spell, you will need seven taper candles. I recommend getting a candle that is not too big and will take more than a day to burn. But nor do you want it to be too small like a birthday candle that will burn in a few minutes. You'll probably want to burn this candle to send energy out in a bigger way, so you want something that has a couple hours at least of burn time. There are two styles of beeswax tapers that I have up on my website, the thick taper, which burns around six hours, and the thin taper, which burns around two hours. These would be perfect, or you could get a tea light or a votive candle if you're in a pinch. Anyway, you will want seven identical candles because you'll be lighting one each day over seven days. You're going to be starting the spell on a Monday and making seven wishes, one for each day corresponding to the energy of that day. Each day, you're going to inscribe the candle with your wishes using a knife or nail or other sharp object. You're going to write a word or phrase reflecting the wish that corresponds to the day. If you like, you can also dress these candles in attraction oil or road opener oil in an upward motion from base toward wick to give them some extra power. Light each candle, speaking your intention, and then let it burn completely. I always recommend that you burn a candle when you can attend to it, meaning you should not leave the house or go to sleep with a candle burning. If you must go to sleep or leave the house, then snuff the candle out and relight it when you return or awaken. So for the first day, Monday, Write and speak your wish or intention for something that you feel is totally out of your reach, your wildest dreams. This could be something like, I want to travel to every continent in the world, or I want to be a famous singer. The key to this wish is that it should be something that's playful and fanciful, but at the same time, a sincere dream, something that you would love to have on the one in a million chance that it came your way. For Tuesday, Write and speak your wish or intention for something that you would like to strengthen. For example, it could be for courage, or to be a better parent, or to win an athletic competition. For Wednesday, write and speak your wish or intention for something you would like to speed up. For example, it could be, I want a promotion soon, or I want my beloved to propose to me right away. For Thursday, write and speak your prosperity wishes or intentions. These can be for anything related to prosperity. For example, it could be for winning the lottery or getting a raise or buying a home. For Friday, write and speak your love and relationship wishes or intentions. It doesn't matter if you're in a relationship or not. For example, it could be for a new love, but it could also be to strengthen the love you already have or to keep the good thing you've got going. 
On Saturday and Sunday, you're going to do something slightly different. On Saturday, you're going to light your candle for all the intentions that you set on Monday through Friday. But on Saturday, you're going to set the intention that you will gain the clarity to see the shifts that need to happen, the opportunities, and the necessary action to make your wishes and intentions realities. And on Sunday, you're going to light a final candle of gratitude, thanking Spirit for all the blessings that you do have in your life and all the blessings that are to come. Once you're done with the spell, you can take the leftover wax, and if it's beeswax, you can soften it with a hairdryer and form it by hand into a talisman for yourself to place on an altar or hide in a special spot or bury in your yard. Or you can ritually dispose of your wax remains by burying them in your yard or leaving them at a crossroads. There you go. A powerful seven-day spell for manifestation. And guess what? If you're able to do these seven days during a waxing moon, all the better for that manifestation. I hope you take some time during the coming month to do this manifestation spell and make your dreams come true. Don't forget to go to magicandthelawofattraction.com and look for the show notes for episode three and download your handy cheat sheet for spell timings. I really, really hope that you enjoyed this podcast and found it useful. I would love to make more. And all I need to know is that you want to hear more. And the best way to do that is for you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite podcatcher. If you want to spread the love around a little, If you could give me a five-star review and leave your encouraging comments, it will mean so very much to me. The ratings on iTunes and Stitcher and so on help people find the show, and it's so encouraging to know that you're out there listening. And if you have a question that you would like to be included on a future podcast episode, you can go to magicandthelawofattraction.com and fill out the question form. I am super excited to see what you're curious about and where our adventure of discovery will go. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm looking forward to next week when we'll be talking about the magical, mystical world of magnetic lodestones. So until next time, this is Madame Pamita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever.